Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, and welcome back to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. Today, I am really excited to be joined by Julia Arndt, and Julia is the founder of the Peak Performance Method, a unique model combining critical productivity, mindfulness, and leadership tools to help forward-thinking individuals and organizations develop the next workplace superpower through scalable programs. Julia is a stress management trainer and sought-after international speaker. She originally hails from Germany, has lived in five countries over the last 14 years, and speaks three languages fluently. After working at Google in Silicon Valley for seven and a half years, while the company grew from 30K to 100K employees, that's 100,000 employees, that's a lot of people, Julia has been running her own consulting and coaching business, helping over 5,000 employees at innovative companies understand the effects of stress on the body and mind and move beyond burnout, build a mindful lifestyle that delivers focus, high energy, and productivity. So Julia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And obviously you've done a lot of work, it sounds like in the corporate world, but so much of this is applicable to those listening to the show. So I'm really excited for this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I love to start just by, you know, hearing some of your story and how you got into, you know, doing what you do now. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, let's start there. Um, I think you already mentioned a few good pointers at the beginning um, in the introduction, but I'll just kind of reiterate that again. So yeah, obviously I have an accent. I always start with that. <laughs> um, I'm from Germany originally. That's where I grew up for the first 19 years of my life and then started my started college in Germany, but it was an international bachelor degree. So I did two years in Germany and then moved to France, lived in France, lived in Australia, lived in Ireland. That's where I actually started working for Google and then moved to the US in 2014, where I worked for Google for another four and a half years before I started my own business. Um, I actually had a burnout in 2018, in the summer of 2018, was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, had no idea really what was going on. I was honestly very surprised when the doctor diagnosed me with those two mental health conditions because I had never really, I think, informed myself about mental health. Like I feel like you always heard from other people that were burned out or that were depressed or anxious, but I didn't really know what it meant until I kind of got got the official stamp from the doctor. <laughs> um, also because I think I was always physically really active and I really paid attention to my nutrition and my sleep. So yeah, it was kind of an eye-opening moment for me. And so I took a medical leave for three months, um, stayed at home and really started to understand what happened to me, what kind of habits I got into that weren't really healthy for me. And then decided that I was so passionate about that topic and so fascinated how um, organizations were dealing with it that I decided to start my own business. So they called the peak performance method. And 
yeah, and now I'm here. It's been two and a half years. Um, it's crazy how the time flies by. And I've worked with a lot of different organizations, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Uber, a um, couple of European companies due to my background. And um, yeah, also do one-on-one -on -one coaching programs, group coaching. And yeah, and always try to help peak performers understand that they can actually sustain their performance over time without burning out because I think one of the biggest things that I learned during my journey was you know I think everyone that I was surrounded by because of all the peak performers that worked at Google um, we always thought we just push our boundaries and we push 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 because that's what we were used to over the course of our whole life and then um, I saw a lot of people, lots of friends burn out and um, had panic attacks, all these kind of things. And um, yeah, and I think a lot of people didn't understand that that wasn't really how it had to look, that there was actually a way to prevent going into that direction. And so, yeah, so I'm very passionate about that subject and I'm excited to talk with you more about it today. Yeah, no, and I'm excited because I feel like, and you probably know this better than me, but I get the impression that burnout happens more with females than with males, mm. um, especially in certain positions, you know, professions and yeah. certain industries. I actually have a good mix of men and women that you? I work with. Mm. Okay. I think men maybe talk less about it. Mm. <laughs> I think it doesn't mean that they're not affected by it. Um, obviously, I work with women like leaders, right, um, that are trying to sustain their performance, especially as they're working up the ranks, right? Because I always say, when you get promotions, you'll just get more busy and more stressed out. And if you don't have the right tools in place, then, you know, all of the bad habits that you have developed are just going to be, you know, just making everything worse. But yeah, I think it's actually both. Um, I have a good, good chunk of men that I work with as well. That's good to hear. I know watching my husband's in the corporate world and watching some of his. Mm -hmm. stress, I'm like, <laughs> so let's talk yeah. about, cause you know, you mentioned that for you, you, you know, ate well and took care of your body and were focused on sleep. So what are some of these bad habits that we develop in the high performance world? <laughs> yeah. Serving us? Good question. I think there was for me personally, there was a mix, obviously, of things um, that happened at the time. And I always say that burnout doesn't happen from one day to another or from one month to another. I think it's actually something that really accumulates over time. And so I would say for two years, up leading up to the summer of 2018, I started to slip in those routines that I just mentioned. Yes, I was really healthy. I was very active. I ate well. But then there was also the flip side of these things where... I started to commute a lot um, because I bought a house here in Lake Tahoe in California. Um, I was really torn internally between being in the Bay Area, being in Silicon Valley, having this amazing job at Google, and at the same time feeling very home and settled in Lake Tahoe. So I commuted um, for every four days, 250 miles between Lake Tahoe and Silicon Valley. And at the beginning, it was amazing. At the beginning, I was like, I have the best of both worlds. I have this amazing job. I live in Mountain View at the time in Silicon Valley, where the headquarters are um, from Google. And then, you know, Thursday night, I drive up to Lake Tahoe in the mountains. And I have kind of that escape. And it was amazing. And I really loved it. But over time, that gets very, very 
tiring when you drive by yourself every four days. Um, you know, you accumulate lots of miles and you get into lots of traffic jams. And I don't know, it just kind of started to accumulate. And I think with that, there were other things as well, right? But I think that it was just kind of a, a set of things that happened. So I'm commuting, getting in late, having a hard time falling asleep because I had a lot of things on my mind, was driving until midnight, <clears throat> got to work the next day exhausted. Um, and I think then that internal battle of like, I want to do this job, but I would like to do it at my home. I, I always say it's very um, ironic that, you know, a year after I left my corporate job, everyone went remote because I was trying to be remote for years. Um, and it was just, <laughs> it was just not an option um, for, for many corporations, for many big companies. Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, I started to sleep, my sleep definitely suffered. I started to have digestive issues. Um, I started to have a lot of anxiety at the time. I didn't really know that what anxiety was until literally the doctor told me that the symptoms that I experienced was anxiety, but I think just, you know, having obviously a high, high performing job at the time when I started commuting to Tahoe, I was managing a global project, um, across the whole world, like literally with India, with um, Europe, with the US. And so that, me that meant late meetings, early meetings. Um, so I didn't have time and energy anymore, I thought, for going to the gym and being active. I was just exhausted. So you started to drink more coffee and you started to have, you made, I guess, poor choices when it came to food options, because when you feel tired, you feel like you want more sugar. At least that's my case. Um, so yeah, I think all of these different things kind of added up, right? Sleep, yeah. digestive issues, anxiety, um, lots of thoughts on my mind, lots of looking into different options of what I could do. And yeah, and then I think eventually that brought me to my burnout. Yeah. And so, you know, like so many other women, myself included, I, part of my journey included, I developed anxiety and was having panic attacks actually, um, mm. and wouldn't acknowledge what they were at the time, but mine were more brought on by the really rough first marriage I was in. But, um, you know, we hit this point where we hit the bottom and have to figure out how to pick ourselves back up. And ultimately mm -hmm. that's led both of us to doing what we do now, which part of my goal is to, is to like get to people before this happens. So that, yes, exactly. you know. Same. <laughs> yeah. So what are, you know, some of the tips, like if, if listeners are recognizing themselves or, you know, these patterns mm -hmm. of making less and less time for themselves doing what I call mm -hmm. selfless syndrome and, you know, mm -hmm. the interest of furthering career while trying to balance family and, you know, whatever else we have going on, where do we, so like recognizing obviously is the first step, but like, what do we start doing to do something about it? Cause obviously it can feel yeah. like you have any control over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think even that you like a couple of comments, I also always say, yes, I left my corporate job and people are always like, is that the solution? Like, do I need right. to leave my corporate job or do I need to do something different to get out of that? And mm -hmm. I always say no, because I think that the bad habits that you created over the course won't like you still carry that bag of habits with you no matter where you go no matter what you do so when I started my own business you know like of course like first of all talk about the stress of building your own business right um but then there was a lot of 
um, learnings I still had in the last two and a half years. I still have them. Like I still learn all the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, but how to like managing time, setting boundaries, all of these different things and practicing self-care. And I think those are all still things that, that I practice very religiously and that I had to learn in the process. And, yeah, you know, I, I always say if you go to another role or another team, it might be great for the first six months and you are, you have a honeymoon phase and you, it gives you some energy to um, perform, but then you'll get back into the old swing of things. So the first step when people are listening right now and you feel like, yes, this sounds like me, I can totally relate to this, is the awareness itself to just kind of recognize, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what's happening to me right now. Maybe I should actually pay attention to these signals that are that I'm getting both mentally and physically and not just ignore them. I I talked to a friend of mine, he worked for Google and then for Accenture, a consulting company, obviously worldwide. He worked worked in Switzerland and Germany. And he said the best stress management tool that I used at the time was just ignoring all the signals. I just tried to not pay attention to it. And I just tried to push through and like tell myself, oh, in six months, I'm going to take a vacation or in three months, I'm taking this weekend off and then I'll be better. Um, I think to recognize that that's not, that's not what will work in the long run because we really have to work on our daily habits in order to get better. So the first step is recognition and awareness and, and having a moment to pause and say, okay, yes, I can see that I'm kind of heading that way. Um, and that that's not bad, right? That's just the status quo of where you are at right now. And then I think the second step to prevent this from maybe of to avoid going further down this rabbit hole is to really look at the habits that you have created. I think the biggest, biggest, biggest thing that changed really my life, I talk about this all the time, but I, it really did, is to create a morning routine for myself. Mm -hmm. I think we all have routines. But the question yeah. is, are they good routines or are they bad routines, right? And so, you know, my old routine in the morning was to wake up, roll to over to my bedside table, take my phone, check my emails, check my messages. I obviously have a lot of friends and family in Europe. So obviously overnight, a lot of things happen on my phone. And I would start my day rushed, already probably anxious because I would maybe see emails or things that I would need to get taken care of during the day that make me feel like I need to get started and I didn't really start mindfully taking care of myself and then when I was on the medical leave I was like okay what am I you know what can I do how am I going to shift all of these different routines and so the first thing that I really did and implemented was a one hour morning routine where I consciously decided to not look at my phone the first hour it basically stayed next to my bedside table and there's different ways on how you can trick yourself, right? You can turn it to flight modus. You can turn it um, completely silent, whatever works for you, right? Some people say, don't have your phone in your bedroom. That's okay as well. I always say, find what works for you. I don't think there's a right or wrong. It's just what works for you, what doesn't. And I told myself at the beginning, you know, all of the messages and the emails that arrived overnight can also wait another hour. But I will show up way better taking care of myself and filling my energy levels before I'm giving my energy out to others. So then I started 
I, I had journaled before that, but I really started to be a lot more kind of consistent and religious about writing down my thoughts, um, things that I felt grateful for, drinking some lemon water, and then um, just having breakfast, and then started to look at my computer, my phone or my computer. And that made a huge difference, especially for my anxiety. I, I'm a pretty anxious person, still am. I still go through moments where I have high anxiety um, and where I have a hard time getting out of bed because I just feel depressed. And, you know, sometimes I broke up with my ex-fiance last year. So it's been a really tough year for me for the last 12 months. And, you know, lots of anxiety, right? The personal, Our personal life obviously affects our professional life. And so, um, yeah, that's the, that routine always helps me to get into gear and feel good about myself before I do anything else. That would be the first two steps, I would say. Yeah, I think that's, it's so important. And, you know, and I, you alluded to this, but I feel like so many of us get caught in this, like, well, our morning routine should involve this, or it should mm. be there a certain amount of time, or it should, 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 should. I had another guest where we talked about stop shooting yourself, and <laughs> this is, mm-hmm. keeps coming up. But, you know, it's ultimately, it's about figuring out what's going to work for you to not, like, immediately spike your stress response or your anxiety. And generally, mm-hmm. you know, things can wait, whether it's an hour, half an hour, you know, I, I got into the habit of like what worked for me in the mornings was I don't check email. I don't look at messages similar to you. And I, I used to do that. And it, you would just immediately start like your day with all the things that were wrong. Then your day is already mm-hmm. gone to hell in a handbasket. Right? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, so I would start, I, I read on my phone, but I would, you know, read my Bible for, even if it was just 10 minutes, like just something. And that for me, like journaling's never really been something I, it's something I, I dream of, but it's not something that ever has really worked for me. So, you know, yeah. I'm just sharing as another option. It's about figuring out what, what works like Julia journals and, and does the lemon water and does all that. That's awesome. I read my Bible. I just kind of lay in bed with my kid because he's always there in the morning and cuddle with him for a little bit and, you know, get yeah. up early enough so that I can do that and then start our exactly. day. Yeah. yeah. And the next person might go for a run or to the gym yeah. or whatever. I always say, find what you love to do and what you really feel like fills your cup, you know? Yeah. No matter if it is reading a book, um, reading affirmations, being active, anything works. Yeah. Meditating, doing yoga, meditating, yeah. Going for a walk, drinking your tea, like any of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I love that. And that's a good first step. And something I was curious about just in reading kind of the topics that you talk about a lot was this idea of using stress to our advantage. Let's, let's maybe mm-hmm. shift into that. Cause we've got, like, we mm-hmm. don't want to ramp the stress up first thing in the morning and, you know, mm-hmm. that really helps set us up for a day. And I have other things like deep breathing through the day that helps just like give your body a reset, but how can we use stress to our advantage? Yeah. I think that a lot of people associate the word stress always with something negative mm-hmm. without realizing that we actually do need stress hormones in our body in order to perform. So in the morning, naturally, you as obviously a health expert, you know this, and I'm sure you've talked about this before. Our hormones, our dopamine, uh, dopamine our adrenaline and cortisol naturally go up in the morning because we need those in order to perform. We need those to get up and actually, you know, use our brain and all these things. Yeah. And so that is stress. Those are our two main stress hormones. There are obviously a few others, but those are the two main ones. 
And there's a stress performance curve. People can look it up if they don't know what it is on Google. Mm -hmm. um, but it basically shows that if you have no stress, you have no performance. So you need the, a natural level of stress in order to be sharp, to be focused, to concentrate and do the things that you're performing throughout the day. The problem nowadays is, is that people have too much stress, right? We never get off that stress, yeah. off these stress levels because we never stop, we never disconnect. We don't invest in ourselves anymore because the first thing that we cut off from our to-dos is the things that we do for ourselves because it's the easiest thing to remove from the from our list or from our calendar, right? Yeah. Um, even without realizing that that's really the most important thing. And so if we accumulate those stress levels, high stress levels over time, then we'll, you know, eventually see all these different negative effects, both physically and mentally, digestive. Um, I always say even reproductive, especially as women, right? People, women that are trying to get pregnant. If you are, you know, if you wonder why you can't get pregnant, look at your life. Is it really stressful? Might have something to do with that, you know? Um, but anyway, back to how to use stress to your advantage. So realizing stress is not all negative. We actually need stress in our lives to perform, but we need to learn where is our kind of magic spot of our own peak performance. That's what I call it. Where, where basically the bell curve is on top. That's where we are. We have a certain level of stress and we have a high, we can perform at that level. But the the more stress we have, it's not it's not that the more stress we have, the more performant we are. But at some point, the bell curve it's the other way goes yeah. back down. Exactly. And so yeah, so it's really realizing that. And there are so many tools nowadays, and so many questionnaires or evaluations that you can go through. I think it's always really about learning about yourself, investing in your own personal development learning how you function, learning what works, learning what doesn't work. Nobody's going to give you a prescription and you're going to be going to have the perfect lifestyle, but it's really about testing, iterating, seeing what works and listening to the signals of your body. You know, best example, maybe personal example, I would, you know, at like, I'm an early riser. And so at one or two o'clock, and that's, that's very natural. We have kind of a dip in our afternoon where we feel a little bit more tired and we feel like we can't focus as well. And I used to always obviously push through that, right? Especially when you're working in an office, you can't just go lay down, even though obviously at Google, people know this, we have sleep pods and, you know, meditation rooms and all these different <laughs> things, but you know, people will be surprised how little those ones are actually used, right? Mm -hmm. Because there it's an office full of peak performers right. and everyone is just trying to get their work done. Um, but yeah, I would just push through that and, you know, drink coffee or have something sweet, right? And to just kind of grind through that moment. And I still have that today where I feel tired after lunch. Now I go lay down for half an hour or an hour. I really got into those naps. And that's that's something really recent, maybe six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. And I am amazed how well that works for me and that before I would be like oh, I cannot nap in the afternoon or whatever and now I take this time to really recharge yeah. and then I go back to work and I'm so productive and so sharp because I've used my stress levels to my advantage right I help my body 
relaxed when it gave me the signal that I need obviously some time for relaxation and just switching off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I can't sleep, I listen to a meditation, like a guided meditation, and I just close my eyes for those 20, 30 minutes. And that's amazing, too, because as soon as I get back to my desk, I feel like I can turn on my brain again. And it's just so much more balanced and healthy than just pushing, pushing, pushing and never disconnecting. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I mean, not all of us obviously work in places where you know, you have sleep pods and, and that's yeah. available to you, not that's to navigate you anyways. But, you know, I think like the most important thing you just said, and that I talk about this all the time, it doesn't matter what part of your health you're trying to transform. Like the first step is just reconnecting to yourself and mm-hmm. recognizing what you actually need. Cause we're so good at ignoring that and just, you know, powering through, pushing through. Um, yeah. We're so good at that. Really. It mm-hmm. would just help us to take a 20 minute break. Like yeah. I, you know, I started my business when my son was uh, six weeks old. Yeah, I think he was six weeks old and he was born early. So his adjusted age was just one week old, but my schedule, I'd work a morning shift and I'd take a three hour break and we would nurse and nap. I had a room that like I turned the lights off and I had a little thing I'd lay down on. And that is what we needed in order to get through a full day, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so recognize there were other things I wasn't recognizing in terms of dealing with stress, but I, you know, connecting to yourself enough to start to understand that and then figuring out how you can build what you need. I always say as well, I think when we talk about self-care, people always associate it with, I need three hours to do this, you know? And I'm like, no, like even if you take 10 minutes or five minutes, you know, between meetings and, you're intentionally doing something for yourself. You open the window, you step outside, you go have a glass of water or you close your eyes or whatever, again, whatever it is that fills your cup, do that. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Like I think, and like really, again, I think it's really over time that you learn what works and what doesn't work. Like for me today, when I'm starting to jump from one tap to another, I know, okay, Julia needs a break because I'm actually not really focused anymore and it's not going to work. And then recognizing I took an hour break, but now I am so sharp and so productive and I get the things that are still on my to-do list done in an hour instead of sitting in in front of my computer for three hours. Isn't that such a much nicer lifestyle because I'm investing in myself. I feel good about myself and then I do my work. And I think at at the beginning, when you're a peak performer, you are afraid that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I think people are afraid that they take a break and then they don't get back into work or they don't get to finish all of the things that they still need to get done, things mm-hmm. like that. And so, yeah, I think it's really, it comes with experience that you gain your confidence levels that that actually helps you regain your focus and your concentration instead of taking away from it. Yeah. And I think you're very right. And like, we have to be willing to take on a new perspective and try, you know, mm-hmm. trust that it, it can work for us too. Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah. And figuring out those avenues. I mean, we all want to be more productive, more effective, whatever it is. Um, and so just recognizing when you're spending your wheels versus like really able to focus and just get something done is incredibly important too. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I always, yeah, I was just thinking about a friend of mine as well who works at Google and has multiple side businesses, hustles, and he's also an Ironman. So he yeah. works out quite a bit and has very um, intensive training plans, obviously, to prepare for the Ironman. He qualified for Kona multiple years in a row. So he's really good. Yeah. And I always look at his life and he has he's married, he has a, ch a, a small child. And I'm always like, how do you do all of these different things? How are you so successful with everything? And he's always like, you know, he has such an amazing life. Um, he's obviously structured, right? And he's planning, mm -hmm. but he's like, how many hours do we spend in front of our TV or we are, you know, we're scrolling through social media. He's like, I, I do this obviously too, but in very kind of, I have like specific times where I do that or I allow myself yeah. to do that. But we actually have a lot of hours in the day to get a lot of things done if we are intentional about it. And I yeah. think that's extremely inspiring. I agree. One of the most, I guess, profound and maybe inspiring things I heard was, um, I don't know if you've read the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm. There's one book and one quote that always comes up on the show. So that's the book. But you know, <laughs> he talks about Einstein time versus like the Newtonian concept of time where, you know, Newtonian is like, there's a start and an end and there's only 24 hours in your day. And like, you have a finite time, right? And mm. Einstein time is more based on the theory of relativity and creativity. And so what it says is that at any given moment, you are in like you're creating your time because you're creating what you do during that time and so as I yeah. kind of shifted that approach of like okay what do I like asking now oh, all these things I have to do it's like what do I want to create with this time like mm -hmm. it really gave me some freedom around that so that's really uh, powerful I know the book I haven't finished it I I think I'm like halfway through but it's really good yeah, it I is really like it yeah. I've read it like four times now. It's there's certain books, like I'm the same, like I have books I on my way. shelf and like <laughs> half of them, I, read, I promise, but I'm like, I feel better owning this book. Um, but it. yeah, um, it's a really good one just to. So what's the quote that always comes up in your podcast? Oh, the quote is uh, the Marian Williamson quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond all measure. And it mm. keeps going, but that's the only part I have memorized. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. So any, just kind of in, in bringing this full circle, you know, we've talked about awareness and mm -hmm. connecting to yourself again and figuring out what's going to serve you to have those periods of de-escalation from stress. Um, mm -hmm. Any last thoughts or tidbits you can share with our listeners around? Yeah. Well, I would say, I always start actually with time management. I built a model called the peak performance method. It combines nine critical components that I identified over the last two years as the things that people, I think, struggle with or that or the things that we should incorporate in our day to sustain our performance. And there are three kind of parts of it, but one of the things that people are always very curious about, and I think that that I actually integrated in that model kind of later on, was mm -hmm. the piece around work productivity, time management, setting boundaries, and then how to communicate those. I think those are three incredibly important parts that we overlook. When we talk about stress management, people think self-care, people think meditation, people think yeah. yoga. Yes, that's all 
amazing. But if you do a 30-minute yoga class and then you go back to your extremely full, stressful day, your yoga meditation practice won't last, like the effects of it won't last very long. And right. you haven't really changed anything. Even though you've taken care of yourself, you're still going back to overwhelm and all of these different components. So when I work with my clients and you know I do a lot of corporate workshops, time management is always the first thing we talk about because if you want to practice self-care you need to create the time for (laughs) self-care and a lot of people have incredibly full schedules right they start super early in the morning they work all day they get you know they have their own meetings all day and Mm -hmm. then they finish at six o'clock and then they start working on their projects so I think that's a there's a lot of I think myths around time management and people just accepting you know accepting how things are they're like oh I'm used to always working in the evenings I'm used to always working during the weekends my colleagues are used to me always being on and always being available and I'm like yes that's very nice of you but and and they even say oh but they are always on so I need to be always on and I always say well you know, you can only take care of yourself. And if, you know, if you feel like you are, like you, I want you to experience that you can be so much more performant and productive and happy if you have that balance between what you do at work and what you do in your personal time. Yeah. So time is always the first thing. So if people are listening right now and they're like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Time management is a struggle. <laughs> then I always say, check your time for a day write down for a day just have a notepad next to you and write down every 5 10 15 minutes every time you switch a task write that down because again awareness is always the first step to actually making changes in your life mm-hmm. and that you're going to be surprised of how you're spending your time and then once you have that then you can start optimizing it so i think when we talk about stress management we don't talk enough about those work productivity tools because nobody has ever taught us how to manage our time nobody has ever told us it's okay to say no and it's okay to uh, not take on every project and every task that people ask you for and um yeah and that would be i think my my final words for today if you're curious to learn more about time management um i have a lot of resources on my yeah website i actually have a free five-day time management course on my website it's okay. peakperformancemethod.com forward slash time because again, I really, really believe that time management will already help with a lot of things if we're doing it right. So if people are interested, yeah, yeah. go over and check it out. I'll put that in the show notes. And is there anywhere else people can connect with you if they the website is I guess the first best way to yeah. do it? Um I have a YouTube channel that I um sustain very regularly. I post a video every week on peak performance tools. So if people are curious to check that out, it's just my name, Julia Arndt, and they can learn some new tools about stress management. Very cool. Well, Julia, thank you so much for kind of sharing your story and your knowledge and guidance around it. It helps to have other people kind of chime in on similar conversations that I have often. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. It was a pleasure.
Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm-hmm.